This is The Art of Being You, and I'm Rachel Wortman. This podcast brings you inspiration, insights, and practical tools to help you become more like Jesus. Get ready to embrace who God has created you to be. I've got a great episode in store for you today, so without further ado, here is The Art of Being You. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Being You. I am so excited to have you here with us today. And if you are one of our regular listeners, you probably noticed that our opening music was different today. And uh, welcome to the new era of The Art of Being You. We've got a new theme song at the beginning. We've got a new exit uh, at the end as well. So stick around to hear that out. But I want to apologize to all of you guys who have been listening um, for the last little while because I almost never, in fact, I have never in the history of this podcast taken a break without announcing that we're taking a break. Now, let's be honest. I am a mother of four kids. I'm a wife. I help own, uh, you know, I co-own five or six or seven businesses, depending on the day. And so my life is really full. And, you know, I don't make any apologies for that. I love the podcast. I love what God is doing through this podcast. But I also know that he's called me to other things as well. So, you know, sometimes I got to take a break because I'm human. Well, normally I announce the break for weeks on end. And this year the break broke me. I mean, let me just tell you, I had no intention of taking a break the way that we did, leaving you guys hanging on the last episode. I honestly got so many messages and emails and and social media messages asking, like, what is going on? And I just had to apologize and say it was a semi-accidental break that was planned, but not planned that way. I don't know if you've ever had that happen before, but I had a week set out at the beginning of summer to record as many podcasts as I could. And we had a couple things come up in the family and I wasn't able to do it. And so I thought, no problem. I've got a backup week. And guess what? Backup week. Lots of us got sick. And so then it just became, well, you know what? I guess we're just having a break and it's okay. So we are back today, back with a brand new season, back with a new sound. And I am so, so, so excited. So before we dive into today's topic, which I think is going to be really helpful for you guys, I want to give you a couple of quick announcements. Number one, and this one's really fun, uh, coming very, very soon. In fact, I don't have any control over Amazon's timelines, so it may happen before this episode or it may happen within a couple of days of this episode going live. But Goodness Culture is coming to Amazon and Audible this week-ish. Basically, they say we need 10 days for it to upload, and every single day is going to be a surprise like Christmas morning if it's uploaded live or not. But keep checking back if you've been interested in my new book, Goodness Culture. Uh, I'm actually the narrator on it, and that was a doozy of a project. And I'm so excited to have it on Amazon and have it in uh, on Audible as well. The Kindle version is already live on Amazon if you're into that kind of thing. All right, that's enough announcements. Uh, I know you guys have missed me and you've wanted to hear like, what's going on in your life? And these are the things. I am so excited about them. So today I actually want to talk about something that I think we all kind of deal with and we all struggle with at times. And it's what do you do when the past comes knocking in your present? What do you do when the past issues, when the past challenges, maybe even the past sins rear their ugly little head and they say, hey, I'm still here. I had this happen to me actually at the beginning of this year. And to be honest with you, I, I'm just going to be really vulnerable for a second. 
I wasn't even sure if I was going to talk about it on the podcast because I actually experienced quite a bit of shame related to this. And if you've read my new book, Goodness Culture, I have an entire chapter on shame. Uh, I feel pretty passionate about being a shame-free person. Um, But, you know, I was feeling it. I was really feeling a lot of shame to the point where I thought, I cannot tell anybody about this. I didn't even tell my husband for a while. And you might be saying, wait a second, danger, Will Robinson, you know, that's not the way you're supposed to do it. But it wasn't a sin issue. It was a belief issue. And let me just give a side note before we dive into what it is, or maybe maybe a better way to say that is, let me give you a little bit of context and backstory. For years, I struggled with self-hate. For years, I mean, probably decades. And I remember coming across something that um, said, oh, this is self-hate. And I remember reading that phrase and thinking, nope, that's not me. I don't hate myself. That terminology felt too aggressive and too honest. And over time, as I really began to realize my intense dislike of things about myself is probably actually self-hatred, that's actually when I started getting free. In fact, a huge reason why this podcast is called The Art of Being You is because I am a firm believer that one of the things we must do in our lives is we have to love ourselves like Jesus loves us. You might be going, well, that's arrogance. No, it's not, because Jesus says to love your neighbor as yourself. And so if you don't love yourself, you don't have anything to spill over to your neighbors who really need Jesus. For me, what I realized when I began to go through this process several years ago was that I didn't like the way I looked. I didn't like the way I uh, talked. I didn't like the clothes that I wore. I didn't like my hairstyle. I didn't like, you know, my calling. I didn't like how others perceived me. I didn't like, and I could go on and on and on on this list. And I really decided, all right, Lord, I want to learn to like me and love me as you do. You must see something valuable here. So I want to learn that too. And that began a long journey of incredible freedom. In fact, a lot of the things that I've learned along that journey are now episodes on this podcast from the beginning, you know, even up until now. So here I am several years later, it's been probably three or four years since I've truly felt genuine self-hate to myself. Now, that's not like I have liked everything about me since then. You know, I definitely have moments where I think, whoop, that's got to change or not too happy about that. But I'm talking about that intense loathing where you almost can't even look at it because you can't you can't separate from your own self. Right. And, and it's like disgusting to you. And I started to feel that again this spring, actually. And the first time I felt it, I thought, well, that's weird and took it captive and kind of moved on. A week later, I'm realizing, you know, this has kind of been nagging me. A month later, I'm realizing, oh, my gosh, I am being hounded by this thing that I thought would never come back. And I was so ashamed that I wasn't able to have victory right away that I ended up just not talking about it. And you know what happens when you keep things in the dark? They just fester and grow like sepsis on a wounded, you know, person. It's not good. And so I remember one night finally admitting to my husband, I said, it's been probably two or three months now. And I've been feeling this way. I have been so hard on myself. The inner critic inside of me has been raging, shouting from the rooftops of everything that I'm not, everything I just can't make myself be, and on and on and on. And I am so over it. 
And I wanted my husband to give me a hug and to say, you know what, it's okay, you're loved, you know, and give me like a a pep talk, right? Um, But if you know him, his pep talks come in the words of like a cattle prod. Uh, He's a great encourager, but it is not always fluffy. In fact, it rarely ever is. And he looked at me with this smile on his face and he said, you know, the only thing I can think of to say to you is you beat it once before, you'll beat it again. And I thought, you're not going to try to puff me up. You're not going to try to make me feel better. Here I am telling you I'm feeling pretty bad about myself and who I am and, you know, all these things. And he's like, no, because you know what the truth is. He said, you know, other people's opinions don't matter. You know, like, you know, you, you have this freedom. Fight for it. Own it again. Get, get it right. Claim it for yourself again. Have victory. And the next day I was going on a walk in my neighborhood and I was thinking about it and I was kind of annoyed, right? I was like, this is the kind of advice that I just, I don't like. Uh, It was not encouraging. I don't feel uplifted. Thank you, babe. But what happened was I started thinking about it and I thought, you know what? I fought tooth and nail. I went through deliverance. I went through inner healing. I, I renewed my mind. I would make declarations. I would spend time with the Lord. We're talking a years long battle. And I'm like, you're darn right. I beat it before. And over my dead body, am I going to succumb to something that I have had radical victory over for the last two or three years? You guys, I'm saying radical victory. Those thoughts never came across my mind in that same way. Not that I wasn't tempted to think it or, you know, definitely the Holy Spirit convicts. And if we're not paying that much attention, it can sometimes feel a little harsh. But I think you know what I'm saying. So what do you do when the past comes back to your present and is like, look, I'm here again? I'm a house guest that you don't want. It's so frustrating, right? It's so humiliating. It's so embarrassing. I'm a firm believer that life is like this grand spiral staircase. And we have these sort of core issues at the base of the stairs that we hopefully leave down there, right? But as we go through our life, we go around and around this spiral staircase. And every so often we get back to the point where we can see those issues again but hopefully this time from an elevated standpoint. So in the kingdom, what this looks like is you can have freedom, you can have breakthrough, you can have forgiveness, and you you should. But that doesn't mean that these past things will never come to you again, right? Uh, let me tell you a quick story about my experience with rejection. I believe I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I had a radical deliverance from a spirit of rejection about 15 years ago now. And it was maybe 16 years ago. It was crazy. I had been rejected most of my life. I had been afflicted by this spirit since I was probably like four or five years old, you guys. And it caused me to look at the world in such a skewed lens. I always felt like everybody was out to get me and leave me out. That's just how I saw the world. And that's what the spirit of rejection does. And through a series of events, the Lord brought this front and center into my face. This is what's going on in you. And I sat down with a deliverance counselor after about three months of meditating on God's truth, even though it didn't feel like it was doing anything for me. I would meditate on it and I wouldn't feel any different, but I knew this is the truth, even if my body can't come in line with it, right? My feelings. 
So I sat down with this deliverance counselor and we cast out a spirit of rejection for me, from me. And that might make you feel a little bit uncomfortable, but I'm just telling you, it is the truest thing that has ever happened to me in my life. And this person said to me, I see a picture from the Holy Spirit and I saw the Lord come and close this door of rejection and he sealed it with the blood of Jesus that was like a paint, like a glue that closed that door where that spirit had been able to come in. And he said, I saw Jesus put a lock on that door. Now this is where it gets crazy. And then Jesus himself took the key with him to heaven. And the Lord wants you to know, if you ever want to feel that sting of rejection again, you will have to ask him for the key to open that door so that you can feel it again. At that time, I was kind of like, well, that's a cool picture, but I didn't really know, you know, what to do with it, right? I was like, okay, I don't think I'm going to be asking for that back yet. Over the last 16 years, and I am being as truthful as I can be, I have never once felt the sting of rejection again. Now, I'm not saying I haven't been rejected. Y'all, I have been rejected upwards, downwards, backwards, forwards. Not everybody likes me. In fact, there's a lot of people who don't. I can't do anything about that. But you know what's crazy is every single time I've been rejected and it hurts my feelings, there's this moment in there where I can say, Lord, I can choose to have your perspective on this situation or I can ask you to just open this door and let me wallow in the pain. And by the grace of God alone, I have not asked him for that key yet. But it, there are moments where we can have this radical breakthrough, but those things still come back, right? I remember a few years ago, I had a situation that happened with a friend and it was so hurtful to me and I felt deeply rejected and I was rejected. Like li- literally the definition of rejected, that's what happened. And I remember sitting there in my car crying. So I'm not saying it's never been painful, but in that moment saying, I'm going to fight to not go back to the past, but to hold the victory that God has given me. So here's what we have to understand. The enemy cares so much about how you view yourself. The enemy cares so much. Why? Because a corrupted view of yourself is a corrupted faith. And I know that's an intense way to say that, but I just, I don't have enough time left today to be any more sweet. A corrupted view of yourself distorts who God is and it distorts how your faith operates. And so it's really, really important. We are God's temple, right? We are the house of the Holy Spirit. We are the house of God himself. And so when we have bad thoughts in our mind, it is an impurity in the purity of God's temple. Your worship gets corrupted a little bit by your thought life, right? When all of our thoughts are surrounded by negativity, when they are convinced that God is not for us, when we are just so you know sure that God loves everybody else but me, that corrupts our ability to truly worship him. So what do we do when the past comes back? What do you actually do? Well, I've been thinking about this phrase since I heard it about a month ago, and it was uh, in the context of real estate when I heard it, but I think it applies to all of life. And this is what it says. Knowledge equals confidence. Knowledge equals confidence. So what does that mean? That means that the more you know about something, the more confident you are. The more you know about who God has said you are, the more confident you will be in that person. The more convinced you are that God is never pushing you away, no matter what sin is going on in your life, the more confident you can be that you can go right into his presence no matter what's going on in your life. Knowledge equals confidence. So let me ask you these two questions. And I believe the answer to these two questions is a formula to being unstoppable in the kingdom. Question number one, 
Who do you know God to be? And question number two, who do you know you to be? They are the head and the tails of the coin, right? If we're going to spend ourselves and make an impact, both of these need to bear equal weight. We need to accurately understand who God is, and we need to accurately understand who we are. Now, I'm not saying that you are, you know, the most special thing in the face of the earth, but I am saying you are pretty darn special. And here's the thing. When we think about our identity, we cannot think about it as if it's only belonging to us. Our identity is collective. Peter says it like this, that we are a royal priesthood. Not just Peter is a priesthood. Not just John is a priesthood. Not just your pastor is a priesthood. But we all collectively are the priesthood. So that's why we can confidently say we are children of God. We are the head and not the tail. We are not subject to the ways of the enemy. We do not have to let the flesh take over our life. We are invited into the kingdom of God. We are special anointed, chosen people. And where it kind of gets off is when we start to think, well, I'm a chosen person, but you might not be. Now that's where arrogance comes in, right? But there's nothing wrong with believing what the Bible says about who you are. You are a chosen nation. You are a royal priesthood. You are God's child. You're a first generation child to God. You're not a stepchild. You're not a, you know, twice removed. You're not a prodigal child. You are God's child, and that's how he sees you. And when you begin to see yourself that way, something changes. So I don't know what, you know, if this resonates with you, I don't know what in your past is coming back to haunt you today, but I do know that you can have victory. You can have victory. And you know what I noticed this time? Because I'd already beat this thing, when I started fighting it, it was like no contest, (laughs) You know, I got like three days in and I started thinking, and why am I even fighting this at all? Like, this is not even a battle to me. This is done. I'm over this. And I put it to bed and you guys have been living free for the last, I don't know how many weeks, a couple months probably since that happened. When it comes, it comes with like this cloud of shame and embarrassment. And all we have to do is acknowledge it and send it back to where it came from. Send it back to the bottom of the staircase. You may have been a part of my story when I got started on this journey, but you're not a part of my story anymore. And as I go up this staircase closer and closer to Jesus, and obviously Jesus is with us, right? He's on the stair that you're in, but he's also at the top of the staircase because he's God, right? So we go around this staircase higher and higher. And every time we get a glimpse of that past thing, we have a new perspective because we're closer to Jesus this time. We have a new understanding of what it was inside of ourselves that was so susceptible to that sin or that issue or that stronghold. And as we get closer to Jesus, that hole that was so gaping wide at the bottom of the staircase is now just teeny tiny. That's the way it's supposed to be. And if you're not experiencing that in your life right now, I am here to tell you today that you can. You can. What Jesus has done on the cross is enough to lift you out of whatever muck is trying to pull you down. If you're dealing with rejection today, let this podcast be a a billboard sign for you that you can have freedom. You can actually live free of the pain of rejection. What's it going to look like? It's going to look like getting really close to the Holy Spirit and letting his love and his insight and his acceptance fill every place rejection once did. 
Maybe for you, it is self-hate. Maybe you can't even look at yourself in the mirror. Maybe because you've put on a few pounds over the pandemic, you're just disgusted with yourself. Maybe you're disgusted with your lack of ability to be, you know, uh, on schedule and, and keep things going on track. Or maybe you're disgusted with yourself because you can't go with the flow. Whatever it is, you don't need to have that inside of you. That shame, that embarrassment, there's, you just, it's not your portion from God. It's not. And I don't know, maybe you've never thought about it that way before, but today is your day. So how did I have breakthrough? Well, prayer, the spirit of understanding, you know, with prayer, uh, I was asking the Lord, empower me, God, let's do this together. Let's fight this thing because we know we've had victory before and I want to have victory again. And you're sitting there victorious in me, right? And so like, empower me, help me understand where you are in this situation, And then if you're on my email list, you've already heard this story. I sent this email out a couple of weeks ago about my encounter with the spirit of understanding. You know, the Bible actually says there's seven spirits of God. It's the, we are like, God is a three part God, right? He's the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. And so if God can be three in one, the Holy Spirit can be seven in one. And Isaiah and the book of Revelation both say this. There's seven sort of spirits, individual components of who the Holy Spirit is, like the spirit of might, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation, and my favorite, the spirit of understanding. And so I sent out an email telling a story about how I, in this process, I was going, I don't understand what you're doing, God. I need you to send me the spirit of understanding. And he did. And I had a breakthrough in that moment that helped me stand up under what I already know to be true. If that sounds interesting to you and you want to get on the email list, you can just shoot me an email. Actually, the best way to do it is to go to rachelwartman.com and right there on the homepage is a subscribe to the newsletter little box. Type your email in there and you'll be able to get that straight to your inbox insights like that to help you in your process. Because guys, that's why I'm doing this. I'm not trying to do this to to make a name for myself or to grow a platform or whatever. I'm doing this because I am here to help liberate people who were bound like I was. And I am passionate about that. So if you know somebody that's under the weight of this stuff, please do me a favor and send them this podcast or at least talk about this stuff in the podcast with them. You don't have to mention my name, but we cannot afford in this day and age to be walking around like broken, bound believers, ignorant of what Jesus has provided for us. I'm not saying there's a quick fix, but I'm saying there is a fix. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for what you're stirring in our hearts today. And Lord, I'm asking for a swift and dynamic breakthrough for every single person listening to this. Lord, when the past comes knocking, would you infuse them with your spirit of might to encourage them to stand and have true victory in the name of Jesus. Man, it's good to be back, guys. I'm so excited for this season. Do me a favor, if you will, share this podcast with a couple of friends. Um, I just, I'm so excited to be back. I don't know. I keep saying that, but that's how I feel. So I'll see you next Tuesday with a brand new episode. Until next time. Be blessed. You've just listened to another episode of The Art of Being You. My goal is to empower you to embrace the goodness of God over your life and step into that abundant life that can only be found in Jesus Christ. And did I mention that I'd love to connect with you? Find me on Facebook and Instagram at Rachel Wartman and on TikTok at The Rachel Wartman. You can find more resources, including my books and other teachings at rachelwartman.com.